Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, Jonathan, on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. And joining us now on the show, you catch this guy on uh, Golik and Wingo weekday mornings on ESPN Radio as well as on Countdown to uh, Game Day on uh, various outlets. And he joins us every week at this time. Jason Fitz. Jason, how are you this afternoon, sir? Doing fantastic. It's finally warm. And I'm in Waco, Texas, where it is actually in the 60s. So I'm, I'm thawing out from too much time in that winter weather. So, you know, just hearing you guys talk about battery life in winter reminds me that winter is calm. Um, yeah, it's cold here, Fitz, it, so isn't, thanks a lot. Isn't 60-something cold for people there, though? I've seen people bundled up in winter jackets in warm weather areas when it gets down to, like, 60. Yeah, no, it is cold for people down here, but I'm telling you, we're all, like, <laughs> We had the chance to walk out on the field, and the sun's beating down on the field. I was doing the opposite of snow angels. I was doing uh, just lying on the field, angels in the grass of glory of, of, of 60-degree weather. So I'm basking in all of it. Glad you like it so much down there. That sounds fantastic. Jason, I, well, I don't really know anything about Waco, but I know the sun and the field are beautiful at this point. That's all I need. I want your thoughts on, on the whole Miles Garrett thing last night and Mason Rudolph. And I'll just recap Judd and I's debate o- over the last 35, 40 minutes or so, which is that both of us agree what Miles Garrett did is inexcusable and, and the, the suspension he received is fine. All the other suspensions in this thing are fine. Where we disagree is Judd thinks criminal charges should be pressed. I think that's a little bit too much. And uh, I think that Mason Rudolph should be suspended also. And I think he he played a big part in, in escalating this thing to the point that it did. And then Miles Garrett crossed a line that you just can't cross. Well, uh, here's the thing. We all agree Miles Garrett uh, definitely crashed across the line. He can't cross him. Frankly, uh, however long he ends up out of the NFL, I'm okay with it. And I don't care if it's one year. I don't care if it's two. I, I don't care. However long it is, I'm okay with it. Because when you take a, a helmet and you use it as a weapon in a game, there is no punishment that is too severe. Now, uh, for Mason Rudolph's portion of this, you know, uh, as much as he instigated a fight, and, and he definitely did. I mean, you, you saw him try and corkscrew the helmet off of uh, Miles Garrett, and you saw him obviously uh, continue to walk up, and then we have the kicks to the no-no places that everybody keeps showing the pictures of. And uh, ultimately, though, I look at all of those things and say, okay, in a normal game, he is taking somebody's helmet off a fine or a suspension. In a normal game, if you, if you get into fisticuffs, as we say, and you take somebody's helmet off, that's just going to be a fine. And I would have had no problem with that. The other part of it is obviously the, the kick or the punch, depending on what we're looking at through all of it, 
Well, the kick of the punch, the no-no places, every time there's a fumble, what, what happens there? So for me, it's tough to look at Miles Garrett and say, okay, every time they pile up, we know that, that you know you hear the legends of fumble pile stories and what guys do to each other, and they're just to try and walk away from the football. We're taking the action of Miles Garrett and what he did, and we're suddenly assigning his loss of control to what the punishment should be for Mason Rudolph. If Mason Rudolph had simply done what he did and he didn't get hit in the face with a helmet, do we think he would have been suspended? I don't. So I'm not going to take uh, I'm not going to take Miles' inability to control himself as a reason why we should punish Mason Rudolph differently. So I have no problem. I thought he was going to get fined. I didn't think he'd get suspended. Right. I'm a little surprised he didn't get fined, but I also don't have a huge problem with it. How did disturbing to you as well was that whole scene too because i i mean to see a player do and, and look I, I get it we probably have had instances at times where guys have uh, thrown or swung helmets before so it's not unprecedented but just the whole scene to me too if you're the league it's a it's a thursday night game it's a standalone game which is not it, it makes it worse in some ways but just the whole scene how disturbing was that for you to witness I mean, it's a nightmare. I mean, it, it truly, it's a nightmare when you think about the scenario because, and, and Lewis Riddick was one that said it on Twitter and said it, he's right. As much as we don't, we, people will roll their eyes at this statement, but the fact is, this is the same quarterback that a few weeks ago had his face mask removed and had to be helped off the field with the concussion. If he takes more of the helmet to the head, if that, if that hit is just a little more accurate, are we, are we suddenly seeing an image of his teeth flying out? Are we suddenly seeing an image of blood going everywhere? I mean, he could have seriously been hurt there. And the fact that he wasn't seriously hurt makes everybody very, very lucky. But it doesn't, to me, mitigate the, uh, the, the punishment that should be there. But that, that's part of the horrific part of this. And the other thing, too, is that ultimately, if it had been Baker Mayfield that took that helmet to the, the, the face, if it was Tom Brady that took that helmet to the face, I mean, what would the reaction be if it was, oh, dear God, Aaron Rodgers that took a helmet to the face from a Vikings defensive player, no matter who it might be, the league would absolutely be exploding. So uh, this is as bad as it gets for the league from an optic sense, and that's why they had to come out and make a very strong statement, which I, to, to their credit, to Roger Goodell's credit, somebody I don't credit a ton, Roger Goodell earns my, and my, deserves some credit to me for coming in and acting swiftly and harshly. I think Tom Brady, if if a helmet got swung at his face, that would get the most reaction. Because that face, man, I mean, that face right there, you, you don't want to do any damage to that face. It's too pretty. It's too pretty. You can't be swinging helmets at that thing. Yeah, but ultimately, he'd still find a way to get, like, a cool scar out of it. It wasn't going to be a bad scar. And he'd only get more ruggedly good-looking. <laughs> Tom Brady is not trying to uh, to twist anybody's neck, though. That's the thing with Tom. He would get up and be true. like, I'm out of here. I'll see you later. Bye. I'm not doing this. That's, so. that's also true. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. Mason Rudolph is lucky. I mean, through all that happened for it, he's lucky it wasn't worse because he did continue. You know, I'm a little brother, and every little brother knows what it's like when you think you can push and push and push, and then all of a sudden big brother pushes back, and you think, oh, God, I went too far. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Hey, the, I've been there. The one guy who actually impressed me, though, was Baker. I, I thought the fact that he got up there immediately and said, it's embarrassing, he's going to be suspended. For, for all the times... and. He certainly has had moments uh, during the course of this year of immaturity. What Mayfield did there, I actually liked. And I saw some critics saying he's got to defend his teammate. Jason Fitz, in this case, I think absolutely positively what Baker Mayfield did was a 1,000% correct. 
You are so right, and that was a home run moment for him. I mean, that was an incredible moment for Baker Mayfield because what was most impressive to me was his first promise as he was coming off the field. He hadn't even had the chance to get to the locker room. He hadn't had the chance to be coached by anybody on how to handle it. In the heat of the moment, he handled it perfectly. And that's a reminder that for all that we talk about for Baker, he does know at certain times where the line is. And, And that's one thing for anybody that's trying to defend Miles Garrett today that you saw last night. You saw Baker Mayfield immediately make comments that were saying it's inexcusable. You saw Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on NFL Network before they'd had the chance to go in and really decompress from all of it. They came in and said it was ugly and it, it was an embarrassment. I mean, these are players. You don't see players ever bag on teammates, and that's what every one of these Browns and and Freddie Kitchens, they all came through in the process and basically said, inexcusable, can't ever happen, there's no way to justify it, we don't care what led to it. Those are all the right things to say, and it's a little stunning in today's world to see it. Talking with Jason Fitz of ESPN here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, as we do every Friday afternoon. Jason, I was, uh, I, it was actually my first college football game ever last week, witnessing Minnesota knock off Penn State in person. And that, that was quite the sight. But when Penn State had the ball in the final few minutes of the game and they were driving and getting close to the end zone and it looked like they would take the lead, you could feel the nervousness in TCF Bank Stadium. And with good reason, Minnesota sports fans have, have been let down before. Or what were you thinking when you were watching that that final sequence that obviously ended up with the uh, the interception and the Gophers pulling off the upset? I really didn't think it would happen, you know. And, and uh, I felt I felt good about it because remember when we were talking last week, I said Minnesota was going to be able to give them more than a game that anybody seemed to want to give them credit for. Uh, but still, there's a moment where you just think, okay, Penn State's been here so many times, they're going to know how to get through this situation, and Minnesota just isn't. And Man, I, I, it was an incredible win. It was an incredible moment. And what I've been saying to everybody from from over the last week is if you were a person that a week ago said, you know what, Penn State can beat Ohio State. If that was a phrase that came out of your mouth, now you have to replace Penn State with Minnesota because they win and they didn't win by fluke. They didn't win by one of those weird Saturdays. They won because they were the better team. And that's why the committee moved them high, so high in the rankings. They showed they were the better team, and now, yeah, as much as we've been laughing about Minnesota controlling their own destiny, I can tell you there are people, and you'll have to watch to find out who, but there are people on game day that will make the argument that Minnesota can actually still lose the game and still get to the college football playoff. That's how much the narrative really? changed. Whoa, 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 That's tell us more. I can see it. I mean, wow. I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to take anybody else's thunder, but there's some big games left in front of them. And that, that was an, an actual phrase I heard today. So you'll see it on the broadcast tomorrow from one of the stars of game day. And I'm just telling you, that's how much the conversation changed over the course of the last several days because of one win. And that's what one win can do for a program. That's what one win with the right coach can do for a program. Everything, all the feel goods we've been talking about for the last two months for LSU and Coach Orgeron, rightfully so, are starting to happen for Minnesota and P.J. Fleck, also rightfully so. They just got to go out and take care of business against Iowa. Not easy to do, given their lack of success against Iowa, but they are a better football team than Iowa, so I got to believe that they'll go out and win, and I think they're going to win. They know that winning stylistically right now matters, so I look for Minnesota to come out charged up and feel the opportunity in season. Odds that game day is here, sir, for Badgers golfers in three weeks then. I feel like it's it's past the point of goodness. It's to the point of darn good. I mean, really? that, that's I I feel like I don't have any inside knowledge on it, uh, and when I do, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be the first to know from me. Uh, but it, there, it, the chatter has been there. 
the conversation is there. And like I said, I mean, there's such a belief right now in what that matchup means, even if one of the, even if Minnesota took a loss, that Minnesota Wisconsin game still means so stinking much. I, I feel like the, the odds are uh, they went up so much from last week. And now I'm looking at it in circle on my calendar. I feel like we're going to be, I feel like we're all going to be hanging out in Minnesota in a couple weeks. Real quick, Jason, before we let you go. Oh, man, I like to hear that. We'll come hang out with you. You'll be in studio then, right? Actually, you know what? Just my luck. I'll be out of town. I'm going home for Thanksgiving that weekend. So just just my luck. I'll be here with you. That'll be good nonetheless for uh, the Gophers and Gophers fans. The Vikings got the Broncos this weekend. My partner here, Judd Zolgad, has already moved on to that game. He's already moved on past the bye week and is on to Seattle, Jason. My fear is... Trap game, and my my co-host hates that term, but my fear is trap game against the Broncos on Sunday. Coming off the big win against the Cowboys, some guys may be planning with the wife and the kids what they're doing in the bye week, and they lose focus. Is that a concern, Jason Fitz? It's not a concern for me, and I've talked to some people that, that have some connections within that organization. There's a feeling within the Vikings organization, from the best sense that I can get, that they're not getting the respect they deserve. So instead of trap game, they're now playing the respect game, which is almost as cliche. But if that's what it takes to keep <laughs> I, like them I mean, if it, if that's what it takes to keep them dialed in, this Broncos team is very beatable, and they have not played particularly well throughout the course of the year. Uh, I know that's the type of game the Vikings have found a way to lose, but I think Kirk Cousins comes out, Dalvin Cook, they're, they're gonna they're gonna come out and and show the Broncos what's up and go into the uh, go into the bye game. Or the bye week on a high, for sure, for me. That's Jason Fitz. Catch him on Golik and Wingo weekday mornings right here on ESPN Radio and on Countdown to kick off tomorrow and uh, every Friday right here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. I always appreciate it, Fitz. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you. You guys have a great weekend. See you. you too, man. There's Jason Fitz joining us. So he basically assured us that yeah, I think that was a guarantee. Going to be here. If he doesn't, we hold him responsible, right? <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and he's saying, and, and it makes perfect sense, right? Because in... In three weeks, in three weeks, I don't know what what the schedule is like, but my guess is there might not be a, a huge game. And at this point in time, Badgers, Gophers, and Gophers home game in particular is just a great story. Here's the other thing, too. They know that if they come here, Fleck is going to make it worth their while, right? Like PJ on TV oh, yeah. is going to be good TV. Yeah, for sure. He's not going to be stoic football coach. He's going to be dapperly dressed. He's, he's going to have be, motivational well, things to and, say. Yeah, he's just good. Yeah, he's going to be ready to go. So, he's going to be rowing that boat. I'm I'm going to say right now, off of what Jason Fitz just told us, that it will be an upset if in three weeks game day is not here on campus. It'll be an upset now. I, I would think. be I would be thoroughly surprised. And I'm going. They deserve it too. And I'm by gonna, the way, and I'm they do blame deserve Jason it. Fitz. They absolutely deserve it. They deserve it. They if they deserve lose to, to Iowa, this. then I don't think. Well, they come. no, 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 okay. no. This they is predicated. This Iowa. is predicated on on you take care of the Hawkeyes. You beat Northwestern, which is a terrible team this season. But if you do that, I think you've taken care of everything. I really think uh, Vikings and Gophers have potential trap games on the schedule this week. Well, the Gophers game wouldn't be... I don't think it'd be a trap game because the Hawkeyes are good. They're good, they're, but you're coming off the biggest win you're saying. in the history of the program or in the recent history of the program. It's a road game, too. And you have the rival Badgers yeah. and the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe and everything that'll be involved in that game. Win or lose against Iowa, they're going to be high stakes in that game in terms of the division and who's going to go on to the Big Ten Championship. That's that's a game that they could be that looking... That could be a tough game. Listen. could be looking ahead to. That's a tough game, too. And the Hawkeyes are they have not won at Kinnick Stadium in 20 years, okay? So that's just a tough game. Has it been 20 years? 1999. Last time that they won in Iowa City. So that's a tough game. Good defense, not a great team, but a good team.
road game. You haven't won in 20 years. That's tough. The, the Vikings, no excuses on Sunday. Seriously, I'm done with this game. I'm done with this game. I know the Broncos have a nice defense. You can't tell me that a 27-year-old career backup quarterback who was a sixth-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to come into this building and provide a, a threat. In fact, I have a, a write-that-down guarantee about what the Vikings defense is going to do on Sunday. Oh? Yes. A write-that-down? Let's just say I think they're going to contribute mightily to the victory. Really? Yes. 27-year-old Brandon <laughs> Allen, right? Like, he could be my next-door neighbor. I wouldn't even know him. <laughs> it's the most undynamic. I mean, he has Do you my... know your current neighbors? <laughs> That's my point. It might be Brandon Allen. And <laughs> you haven't known it? He might live next to door. To this point, you haven't known it? I think my next-door neighbor's name is Keith, so it's probably not you him. Think? But anyway. How long have you lived there? Uh, 2000. 20 How long years. have they lived there? <laughs> 20 years or so. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, newsflash, I don't associate with my neighbors. I don't really Surprising. either. I like them. They seem like nice people, but I'm not big on associating with yeah, people. Yeah, just don't, don't get on my nerves. We're going to be fine neighbors. I'm the we're same. not going to be friends, but we're going to be fine neighbors. I'm the guy on don't Halloween poop in my yard. Who, we'll sh- fine. who shuts off the lights. Oh yeah, my dog, little Stella, she's not going in any other yard, okay? <laughs> Do you have a fence? Yeah. Well then, that's not going to happen. I don't and have the front And the front yard? If I have a dog, unless it's a really big dog, I don't know if I'd even notice for the most part if a if a strange dog came by. You know, I see signs in people's yards like no no poop on the grass, but like if you live along, like, and this is a long walking path, like in my neighborhood there are walking paths and there are yards next to the walking path that says please no poop on on the yard. Yep. But like if a dog pulls up, pick it up. I'm gonna pick it up. Okay. But that's it's, all I ask. Okay. All right. So that's what you mean. Yeah. I think there are people who just don't want dogs pooping on their lawn. And it's no, like, no, I don't care. Dude, you live on a walking path. Yeah. People are walking their dogs here. If your dog goes, does his business on my yard, yeah, you, you better be, pick it up. You should be pick picking it up. it up wherever it is, whether it's yeah. somebody's yard or not. Because that's how, that's how the plague starts, which is why you shouldn't be taking your phones in bathrooms. Unless you forget a bag sometimes, and then you just b- I bend, mean, bend down as if you are picking it, it up, but you don't. And then you get up and walk away. That's happened. I've done that before. It's happened. The fake pickup? Or... I've done the fake pickup. Or... This With happened. Stella? Oh, yeah. Because I forget a bag, and, and then I'm, I'm like, but if person in the house saw Stella doing her business Oh, yeah, here, you got to fake it. So you got to mind it. I do the fake bend down as if I'm picking it up, and then I get up and just walk away. I've... Uh, this happen- the next time I see you, I'm throwing dog poop at you. This happened to me a few a days ago. Dog. I was... Uh, my, dog, my dog did his business, and I only had one bag in my pocket, and I pulled out the bag, and it had a big rip in it. That's just not yep. getting picked up. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. not, <laughs> you know what? I'm not getting poop on you. my hand. I'm, oh, not, I'm not getting no. poop on my hand, man. No, I'm I would sorry. Either. You just, of all people, no, you, you aren't no. for sure. Yeah, no. But I don't blame you for that. That's simply not going to happen. But I did, I did mime it. Just in case anybody, oh, I just in case anybody saw. The fake, I definitely pretended. That's very, that's very Seinfeldian. Hey, uh, Tim tweeted in, I'm out as a listener indefinitely for Rami is tweeting's take on Miles Garrett's situation. Pretty gross. So he's suspending himself from the show, just yes. like Miles Garrett's been He'll come back when Miles, when Miles Garrett is reinstated. Well, that might be a year from now. Who knows? Because <laughs> they're both indefinitely suspended. Do you think he's back next season to start? Garrett? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Me too. I do. You just have to wait for all the all the hysteria to come. Here's out. my guess. My guess is he meets with Goodell in, let's say, April or something. He has sent... There, there's a press release that comes out, just news dump sort of deal, that he's going to uh, uh, seek anger counseling of some sort, right? Like, something like that. Yeah. 
For sure. He'll do it if he gets through that class, which obviously he will. He'll be back on opening day next week. All right, Jonathan's frantically signaling break because we oh, have no, to get break. to okay. write that down. And uh, fear not, Phil Mackey will be back right after this. Less Rami. Order a star. On Mackey and Judd with Rami on 1500. and the Score North mobile app. Mackie here. Now, I've been talking about the new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs with superior 4K picture quality and Dolby Vision. And now, TCL has new soundbars. The TCL Alto soundbar, simple to set up, and with available wireless subwoofers, TCL creates a truly immersive viewing and listening experience. The TCL Alto soundbars provide precision playback for any TV, and they play music from smartphones and laptops. TCL brings you excellent picture quality, sleek design, and stunning resolution. And now the TCL Alto soundbars deliver superb sound all at an affordable cost. The TCL Roku TV has endless entertainment with easy access to over a half million TV episodes and movies and thousands of streaming channels. I experience TCL daily with the TVs in the Scorner Studios. Everything looks great, but sports look especially amazing. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand and available at major retailers everywhere. Learn more at TCLUSA.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.